Cause you're only a man And a man's got to learn to take it Try to believe Though the going gets rough That you gotta hang tough to make it History repeats itself Try and you succeed Never doubt that you're the one Hello and welcome to episode 83 of the Review Movie Podcast. I am Ivan Kander, and as always, I am joined by my two handsome debonair co-hosts, Dave Glanz and Mike Morandi. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, hello gentlemen. gentlemen. Ooh, right on. Yeah, that's pretty good. good. And this is the podcast where we talk about classic movies in a modern cinematic Classic see, movies. See if they hold up. It's getting it's getting more like stretched out each time I do it. <laughs> um, you can find us on the web at uh, reviewedpodcast.com, facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast, and you can email us at contact at reviewedpodcast.com. So, um, yeah, on today's episode, we are going to be talking about the 1984 film directed by John G. Albertson, The Karate Kid. This is it. This is the end of the line. Tell me. Did I tell you about the pool here? For Daniel LaRusso... Is this the only pool you guys got? The future seemed far from terrific. This place is a dump. You should go back to New Jersey. Hey, I know it's hard, but... We're not quitters, are we? Until Hi. he met the hey, right I girl. She's beautiful. I say she's beautiful. I think she's beautiful. Is <laughs> that your address? You got it. But that oh. only angered the wrong guy. Uh, 930. Definitely. You gotta be nuts. And his troubles really began. Then, in one man, he found a teacher. I promise teach karate. And a friend. Fighting always must answer. Our whole body. Make a perfect picture. But how do I know if my picture's the right one? If come from inside you, always right on. This one about the balance, not just... That is a tricky name to say. Evelton. Evel- doesn't really roll off the tongue. Am I saying that correctly? I think so. That's how. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Um, the Karate Kid kind of hits... Uh, it kind of hits like when America was forming its obsession with karate. Like I feel like around the late 80s, we hit peak... American obsession with karate. You had like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Was that a spillover from the 70s and Bruce Lee and the obsession with Kung, maybe Kung Fu, the TV show? I guess. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I feel like this is like peak karate time. And I even remember in the early 90s going to a couple karate classes and the belts, you know, system and all that kind of stuff. I remember wanting to dress up as a ninja for Halloween, all that kind of stuff. Uh, The Karate Kid comes out in 1984. It's a... um, coming of age slash underdog story about a boy who named Daniel who uh, comes with his mother moves from New Jersey to um, California it's basically um, Mike Morandi as a child I, I, a, I was going to say boy. this is like a movie about me except that I never got the girl until much later uh, in, that opening, in that opening scene did that uh, look like your neighborhood no thank god no, um, no. but like it sounds a lot like my mom, like the New York accent, and come on, sweetie, let's go. You're going to love Daniel's it. Daniel's mom sounds yeah. like your mom. Oh, I can't wait to meet her. Um, yeah, so um, this story features Mike Morandi learning to fight <laughs> against bullies and learn the ways of karate from a mentor, uh, uh, May, uh, one Mr. Miyagi, who is the handyman in his apartment building. It's a film that is, I mean, very, very famous, obviously. It spawned two sequels. It is usually pretty well regarded. I was very curious to rewatch it. I haven't seen it in full in quite some time. I've also never actually seen the sequels, I believe. I think I've only seen The Karate Kid. So, um, I, um, yeah, so I was curious to watch this. And in the wake of John G. Albertson's death, I wanted to watch one of his more better known movies. I didn't want to do Rocky just because Rocky is the best movie of all time. I just don't want to discuss that. <laughs> Wait, I thought Jurassic Park was. Oh, uh, yeah, it's true. Damn it, I have said that Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park and Rocky are both up there. No, we're going to have me. to do like a head to head grudge match between the two of them. Uh, that'd be so hard. That'd be like uh, killing one of my children. Exactly. Like That's that. what we're going to have to do. That's what this podcast um, does kills your children. <laughs> yes, because the movie, we can only like one thing. <laughs> yes, yep. you can only like one thing. Yep. Uh, the movie stars uh, uh, Pat Morita, uh, Ralph Macchio, Elizabeth Shue, um, and uh, uh, William Zabka, Zabka, who is uh, the bully character, and he is known for playing bullies in '80s movies. So it's pretty great. Um, but yeah, 
So, uh, what'd you guys... Is he? What other movies? Uh, he was in Back to School. He plays the villain against Rodney Dangerfield in that movie. He plays a very similar role. He uh, kind of just has, like, that douchey, all-American face to him. That... You know, looking at pictures of him and Ralph Macchio now, they don't look that much different. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've kind of morphed into the same person. They, are the, they were the same person the entire time. That was the real trick. <laughs> um, yeah, so, um, I'll get into my thoughts in this movie and rewatching it for a second that was kind of the basic plot synopsis I guess Dave do you think The Karate Kid is a genuinely good movie or is it only remembered as a good movie no it's a genuinely good movie oh interesting okay. it is it's all a good movie it's, uh, it's not a great gonna, it's not a great movie I thought you were going to poop all over it but oh right. no 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 there's definitely you could poop all over the sequels if you want but uh, that's the case have in you most. seen those sequels I have seen I have seen all, I, I have seen you seen all the Jaden Smith version? Have you seen the Jaden Smith version? I did on I catch I caught on HBO. Good while, God, never. David! <laughs> it was one, well. It actually got decent reviews. Oh, stop it, it not. now, please! You know what I? Oh, you know, I, hey, I mean, I'm not gonna. I, you know, I had to look up on Rotten Tomatoes. I you, mean, I I didn't say I liked it. I, I didn't really like. It, <laughs> it was a passable. <laughs> I watched it. How dare you watch the remake? Uh, well, I did. Um, I actually have seen the Hillary Swank, the next Karate Kid. That is the only one I. Have I have seen, seen that one. Unless um, there's more that I... You know what? Wasn't there an animated series? There might have been. The Karate, this, Kid, the, the Karate Kid was such a cultural juggernaut when it was released. It was, would I you mean, say it was in the cultural zeitgeist, perhaps? I would say that. Okay. And you can take a drink right now <laughs> if you're a frequent listener of the I'll podcast. Take, I'll take a but, but, I mean, the Karate Kid... I mean, the, they made up a karate move that people think is a real karate. Like, the crane <laughs> kick is not a thing. Yes. And they, the, the crane style is not a thing and that it is now a thing because movies have made it so. I mean, people's uh, wax on, wax off. I, I defy you to find someone that is, doesn't know what that term means. I mean, <laughs> uh, talk about cultural relevance. This movie has it in spades. So I, I'm just kind of curious going back, watching it, you know, over, it's over 30 years later, you know, does the movie, is movie still work? And I guess, Dave, you say it does. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, I, I've watched it since 1984 <laughs> a few times it is kind of a movie I grew up with uh, I think um, to get what I think it's flaws I'll just get the flaws What? It, it, yes it's, it's a flawed oh, movie oh, oh, oh. How, about, it's, it's, how about I jump in first <laughs> you don't think there's flaws well no 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 no. I do I just don't want to get too too in depth we haven't Okay. I, well, let me let me just, I, I just let me just give my my general opinion. Then. Okay. I think it's I think it's a good character study. I think the chemistry between the two main characters are, are uh, holds up really well. I think it ends really well. I think yeah. I think it's fairly well directed. It's, there's nothing to write home about visually, um, and uh, I you know I think that uh, it, it's not as cheesy as I. It's not quite as cheesy as I was remembering it. Uh, I think it it uh, it's a heartfelt movie, and I think it um, you know I. I I, I wouldn't hold that against it in this case. I mean, I, I think it's uh, it's like a it feels like it feels like a product of its time in a way. I mean, it feels like an '80s movie, but uh, it also feels timeless in, in some ways just because of the character relationships between uh, Ralph Macchio and Pat Morita. So I'll let uh, Mike. Well, what so think? what's interesting? I, I had seen. Um two things actually one of them is a very it's like a 7 million view video on YouTube about how oh, Ralph, how, uh, how uh, Daniel LaRusso is actually the villain of the movie and how Johnny right. is like what? the real hero have you seen this? yeah no. there's there's like this really viral video that basically says what Mike said that Daniel is the bad guy and John it's like a, it's like a funny like spin on perspective in mm-hmm. the movie uh, but yeah, yeah my, my favorite part of the whole thing is at the very very end he's talking about how like you know Daniel's doing all these horrible things. And a lot of this stuff is taken out of context with clever editing, but it does make a compelling argument with, you know, nitpicking things, or rather, uh, a cherry-picking things uh, pulled from the movie. My favorite part is where he talks about how at the very end, like, Daniel is soundly and fairly defeated in the ring, and then with the help of Mr. Miyagi's sudden demonic powers, where he, like, slaps his hand together and revives him, (laughs) he's able to go back out and unfairly claim the title. But it's pretty good. If you you got some time, check it out. It's like a, you know, three or four-minute thing. Um, Funny video. And there's also... uh, uh, I think the comedian's name is Shulman. Uh, he has a whole bit about uh, no can defend, which is the whole crane kick thing, and how you know, yeah, how it's yeah. all BS, whatever. But it's, it's yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I knew that in 1984. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. We used to it's, joke about yeah, it. Even it's then when I was eight. Movie, but however, I will say this: um, I, I took karate growing up, so this movie really is about me, um, which is the reason why I had oh. seen the movie as a kid. Uh, so a lot, a lot of the stuff they do, it's, it's actually relatively accurate. I mean, if, uh, Hollywoodizing things aside. How, when, when did you take uh, karate? Uh, like when at, I was like lo- eighth grade into like high school. I think I stopped okay. when I went to college. 
Okay. I actually took it my first year in college for a year and a half or so. Not karate, but like martial arts. Or whatever. Martial, oh, okay. Sorry. I was going to say karate. Gave I actually took karate. Too expensive. Not, not Okinawan, but it was, uh, yeah. Well, anyway. Anyway. Um, I, I think I agree with Dave entirely. I think I don't think it's a great movie, but I think it's a, it's a good movie. I don't think, you know, seeing the clips from that video online, I was like, oh, God, this is going to be like a rough movie where Daniel's just a jerk, an indefensible jerk. <laughs> and we're gonna have to like root for him, and I thought it'd be one of those like weird 1980s like alpha male thing where it's like, oh, he's a good guy because he just kicked everybody else's ass, and you're like, I don't like this guy. But no, I actually, it, it's 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 good. I think they they they. This was your first time seeing it? No, I saw it. I saw it. Oh God, man, years ago, probably like 98, 99, okay, um, maybe 97. It was it was a while, and I had not seen it since. I'd seen clips here and there, but that's it. Um, and I think it ended up being a, a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I think it had a lot more depth and character to it. And I think, um, especially, the big point I'm making, I want to make, is that I, I think without Pat Morita, this movie fails. I, I think he every good scene in the movie is about him. I think he just makes the movie. You know, it's it's. I think he's exceptional. The scene where he's uh, drunk and you're like learning about his story like I was tearing up like it was yeah. it was it kind of like, really hit me like I, he he plays the character so well and so genuine that like I, I believe he exists this guy exists somewhere in California right. hey that's and the, the re- that's the reason uh they made I mean he's the reason this movie succeeded and went on to become kind of part of part of our culture right I mean oh yeah responsible yeah. for the sequels and, and- and it's funny because like I was watching interviews with him, and like I figured he would have like something of an accent because he does it so convincingly. Mm-hmm. But no, he's just like a regular, just like an American dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, with yeah, no, no accent whatsoever. <laughs> that definitely threw me off when I first and heard. He's, he's a I think on ha- I think on Happy Day he was on Happy Days, and I remember I used to watch those old Happy Days episodes on like on Nickelodeon, and I remember here I, I don't think he had a, an accent like a Japanese accent on that. No, so there's a video on YouTube where he talks about how he got the role. If you guys got some time, check it out. It's actually pretty interesting. But he does a lot of, like, voices. He's, like, a lot more animated than I thought he'd be, like, because he was a comedian. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he wasn't that – he was, like – he was only, like, 10 years older than I am now when he made this movie. (laughs) Damn, he looks older. looks much older. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think his character is supposed to be, like, uh, 70. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I think think that there are – I think this movie – I kind of – I agree with you both – I really, really enjoyed it uh, to the point where um, I, I think it's even better than a good movie. I think that that Pat Mar- I think Pat Morita's character is so good, and the relationship yeah. he forms with Daniel is so interesting because it's it's it, it's such a thing that if you said, "Oh, a fifteen year old kid befriends an old Japanese man," you're like, "That sounds creepy." Like, mm-hmm. if you it just, is, like pitch, yeah, it totally is. If but you it's, pitch it's that, it's creepy, but it's not. And the movie is, I I, I can't even recall. Where I've that many that many movies, there are a few where an authentic, realistic friendship is developed between characters of that age gap. You know, back, uh, to, the back, future, to, the back to the back to the future. <laughs> I think there's a handful. I and think that's back, it. Back to the Future and Finding Forrester are the only two that come to my mind. Finding Forrester. Uh, but oh, what, after what, that, what I about, can't, uh, what about um, now? That's they're not as quite as far apart. I was going to say uh, Good Will Hunting. No, I don't feel yeah. like that's that much the same thing. He like at that point he's already an adult. But the thing yeah, is, true. yeah, 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 right, right. The the thing with this movie um, is, I think that the the first kind of act is kind of terrible, like because it's so cheesy, like all the bully stuff is so broad, yeah. and Johnny's such a generic villain, and all that kind of stuff. It's much more potent as a child to see that stuff on the beach. As an adult, you're yeah. like, uh, oh, this is really. <laughs> and even the way it's staged, it feels very like movie stagey. Like all yeah. the like things they do, it just feels it feels dated. Like that right. first that first act feels real dated. Mm-hmm. But when the movie shifts focus and drops Johnny, like after the sequence where he goes to the dojo of the Cobra Kai and says they're going to enter the tournament, but you have to leave Daniel alone while we train. The movie just becomes, I think, incredible because I, I think that yeah. all those scenes of the training are so interesting and the life lessons he teach. I think Mike references the scene about uh, losing his wife in the internment camp while he's serving for America in World War II. I think all that stuff is just so strong. I didn't and even I, make the connection. It was an internment camp. I thought it was just that she they were citizens and then... No, she was interned while he was he won the Medal of Honor is what I got from that. Yeah. But um, wow, yeah. So oh I think, my God, I didn't even catch that. You're so right. So I, I think that yeah. the, I think that the middle portion of this movie is just spectacular, and I think you know Dave scoffed at Alvidson's directed direction as nothing to write home about. I, didn't sc- you I, said, I, I, said, the, I said visually. It's you said to write. visually, it's nothing to write said, home he about. He said visually. I mean, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. I, I think this movie is impeccably directed because actually, yeah, you know, it's funny. I can totally see the threads that this is the guy that made Rocky mm-hmm. because 
it's like a low-key character piece, not a sports fighting movie. And that's what Rocky is, too. And I would even argue that the, the end fight scene of Rocky isn't, as Dave would say, nothing to write home about. <laughs> but the emotion is so strong between the characters that it doesn't matter. Yeah, but and the direction isn't always about where they put the camera. It's about, you know, what, what happens in front of it. Right? Well, I think no, it's, a not, lot of, it's not about the camera really at all. It's, it's cinematography. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, and I, I think that uh, I, I totally agree with that statement. I, I think that a good director gets the right people to be in a part and lets, you know, lets that carry the movie and then all that technical mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, the thing that people think a direction is is really what a cinematographer should be doing. Right, I agree. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, and I think that there's a lot of, like, a lot of choices he makes where he just chooses to, he uses, does a lot of longer shots. Mm-hmm. He does longer takes. Like, the, the fight sequences are not, like, dynamic kick-ass fight sequences. In fact... They're in, very quick, yeah. In, in retrospect, like, there is so little karate in mm-hmm. this movie. Uh, it, it's kind of crazy. But I think that's kind of to the movie's benefit because I don't want to see a cheesy 80s karate fight scene. I think the tournament in this movie feels more real than the end fight in Rocky, to be honest. I mean, it feels more like a, like an actual, authentic, like... Uh, Competition for high schoolers potentially, but I compared also... to like the you know and Rocky when that that match feels so epic and uh, almost operatic in some ways. I think you need to when a real uh, it's been well. I mean, it's it, yes, it's also intimate. But if you've ever watched a real boxing match on TV or or a way or, or compared to some uh, like the way say um, uh, the fight scenes in The Fighter, the David O. Russell movie were done, or or in Creed, I think you know I'm not saying they were better or worse. I'm just saying different. They're I think smaller. This, yeah, I, I guess. Well, I th- I mean, it's interesting. I don't want to get too much of a digression about this, but I think David O. Russell's fight scenes in The Fighter are really boring. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, actually. Um, and I, it's, it's like, and this sounds awful, but when I go to a boxing movie, I want to be thrilled by the fight sequences. Right. No, and, it doesn't and, sound awful. And in a, a movie like Creed, <laughs> cool. movie like Creed I, I was totally <laughs> thrilled by those in fight sequences. But... The Karate Kid, I'm not thrilled by those fight sequences, but I don't care because it's all character stuff. And, I mean, think about how little of the movie is spent on that end climactic karate competition. What is that, like 10 minutes of screen time? 15? Uh, more. More than that. Yeah. Really? Yeah, give us tw- about the same as Rocky almost, I would say. Right. I, 15 I, or 20. And I think that's I – don't, I don't think that – I think that's because I don't think that's what Alvidson cares about in this movie. Mm-hmm. He cares about this idea of forming a bond with somebody that you didn't think that you're totally different from. You're diametrically opposed. You're, it's, it's like Miyagi says when he sees the picture of him with Elizabeth Shue and he's like different but the same. It's mm-hmm. this idea of finding mm-hmm. a connection with somebody that isn't like you but you still understand and learn about one another. And I mean, all that stuff's beautiful. And I was pretty emotionally invested. I was vested in it and I was super engaged by it. I just think that, you know, if, if, the, if the thesis of this podcast or the goal of this podcast is to figure out whether a movie holds up, all the cheesy 80s like jock nerd stuff or jock bully stuff, I think doesn't hold up at all. I think that stuff is super cheesy and feels very dated yeah. to, the, to the time it was made. Do you agree with that? Get him a body um, bag, man! Absolutely, yeah! absolutely, absolutely. Except for what Mike just said, actually, that stuff at the end. That stuff at the end. I think. I think it works within the context of the tournament. You think that? You think that? Wait a minute. You think the guy screaming, a, saying, "Get him a body bag!" Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like destroy that stuff. him, Johnny. Destroy him. Come yeah. on, Johnny. Be tough. Be tough, uh, man. <laughs> I guess. I mean, have you guys had your own experiences with bullies at all, ever? And, I've. I mean, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll say, yeah, I'll say this. I, I think the bullies in the beginning, I don't know, man. I know it's cheesy and I know it's 80s, but I'm like, yeah, but that's what kids were like for me in the 80s. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I've had my fair share of bullies. Like, they were yeah, like that. I, I had some, too, I would say. Yeah. I mean, not none, none uh, in the same vein where it's like a, Nothing in this a guy who's, right. who's after me, you know, like, like uh, this yeah, guy's I mean, after, I've after had people. Like, I love, like, Daniel. there's a lot of subtlety, though, in there. Like, aside from all that stuff, there's a lot of subtlety that is just so good. Like, the fact that, okay, his buddy that he makes on the first day, mm-hmm. like, ditches him on the beach and never talks to him again. Right. That yeah. is interesting, yeah. And it's like, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because one thing I do like about this is they don't make Daniel, like, a socially awkward loser. Like he's yeah. good at talking to people. He's funny. He's quick. So you know what's you know what's he's awesome? just in the he, wrong he place. Does, right. <laughs> he does what the kid in um uh, uh, Days and Confused cannot do. Like that kid's awkward and he oh, can't yeah. act. He can act and he's like, but he's playing an awkward teenager who thinks he's cool and is pretty cool and very likable. You're talking you know about what I mean? Two like, very different people, the same age. Like, that kid's like this. Uh, Stoner in the seventies. Uh, no, he's in not Austin. a stoner. That's the thing. No, no, no. no. Well, no, they're, okay, they're, yeah. You know, they're both like kids that are, that are navigating social circles and trying to be cool in high school, right? True. And 
I, I think Ralph Macchio does a very good job where he's he's trying to be cool and he's like a skinny 12, 13, 14 year old and you're like, dude, oh, oh my God. I think he's, like he's trying to give a smoldering look on the drives, beach. He drives, like right? Deer. So he's got to be 16. He's turning right, right. 16 in the movie. But the point I'm making is that like he, he's good at talking to people but he has this like nerdy, awkward, like personality to him with this heavy New York guy, you know, that's pretty cool, you know, whatever. But it works because he's endearing, and because like, you're like he's a, he's a good kid, like he means well, and I could see why the girl would like him. So I so can I, beginning... I totally can see that, and I think that there. I mean, I don't think he he's not like he's not dorky looking in the sense that I mean, he's not like an Adonis. He's not like a gorgeous dude, but he's like he's, a, he's, he's okay he's looking. Pretty, you know? yeah, he's a pretty little kid, you know? and like it. Uh, it's a funny because I think he thinks, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's like he's a good looking dude. He's not yeah, he's not yeah. handsome in the sense yeah. of like other guys are like all the like, other kids his age are like these big manly looking cool bros. He's He's like a little boy, but he's like a decent looking kid, you know? He's a skinny Italian kid. He looks like Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. And, um, and then the other thing I like, the other thing I think that's interesting is there's something about the physicality of how he looks. Like his skinniness really mm-hmm. adds to this movie. Like, oh, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. so thin. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it just totally adds to the you can't judge a book by its cover in terms of like the, the fight sequences and what, you know, what that's saying. And I, I think that they, he is perfectly cast. This is a very well cast movie, I guess, yeah. is what I'm getting back to. Yeah. But yeah. Definitely, I mean, yep. even even Elizabeth Shue is, is is you know given given her part uh, as the, uh, the the love interest, which is weird to say about a fifteen year old, but um, you know she's uh, you know she, she she feels like the right actress for this part. I would say, even though the part isn't as fleshed out as it probably could be. No, I, I mean it's, it's, no, it's, I it's no it's no Adrian. I would say my my only issue. I think she's actually very well cast. I think she does a very good job. I think my only issue that I I had with her is that when they get to the karate place. And she automatically knows all the rules. Like, oh, yeah, so you have to do <laughs> well, this. Well, hey, like, wait, 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 Hey, she was Johnny's boyfriend. She probably uh, knew it yeah, from... For like knew. a week. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It was only for like a week, I think, or something. My- no, no, no. They were broken up for like they a week, which, up which for, I found right, very right, strange. Right. They made it sound like it had been forever when they called it like two or three weeks. So he was like, wait, has it been two weeks? Three weeks? What are we talking about here? How long have you been broken up? <laughs> well, I, you know, and I think that's, per- that's like they captured high school relationships like perfectly right. with that yeah. line. Because the way it sounds like when I hear that, it's like, oh, you know, a couple of years ago, this guy still got a thing for her. Mm-hmm. And then you hear like, oh, it's, it's been a couple of weeks. Like, this yeah, is still new. Like, this guy's not <laughs> even close to being over this yet. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, yeah. It's amazing how time passes so differently when you're in high school as opposed to, you know, now two weeks seems like uh couple hours <laughs> to me yeah so. yeah I, I i i agree with dave that elizabeth shoe's character of ally is she's very underwritten she's given very little to do i that being said she's a charming on-screen presence i think she's adorable i have a huge crush on 20 year old elizabeth shoe only 20 year old elizabeth shoe in the blue bathing suit that's the only time i have a crush on elizabeth shoe but i think that she just i think that uh she's really well cast and She's not, I mean, yes, she's thinly written, but she's also, she stands up for herself. Mm-hmm. She is. She does enough. Yeah, she drives the car. I mean, it's the 80s. I mean, I think you can drive <laughs> the car. So, so Elizabeth, she would eventually go on to be in Leaving Las Vegas and be nominated for Best Actress. And she shows, uh, I think in this movie, she does show uh, a little of that spark where you could see, like, this could be a really good actress someday. And, and I think the same goes for Ralph Macchio, which... You know, he didn't quite didn't go on. Happen. He didn't quite, yeah, he didn't quite go on to the same. His next, his probably, aside from the Karate Kid, his most famous role was probably in My Cousin Vinny <laughs> as one of the uh, defendants. If you guys remember, oh, remember right. that movie? Yeah, with yeah, Joe Pesci yeah. And uh, Marissa Tomei. Um, yeah. So, and, uh, yeah. But, you know, yeah, I think the acting is good, you know, for the most part, all around. I mean, did you guys enjoy... Uh, the guy who played, uh, I can't remember his name, the, the uh, other instructor, uh, Chris. Oh, he's, I think he's good. See, he looks, now, see, that was where, like, 80s really started bleeding through. Because he, he has, like, the 80s so haircut 80s, and, like, that, yeah. that, like. He looks like a Chuck a Norris jawline. knockoff. There's something about, like, it just, he is, he is pure 80s villain. He looks like yeah. Chuck Norris and Val Kilmer had a baby. Val, oh, yeah, Val Kilmer and, like, uh, what's his name? The dude from Baywatch. Uh, Hasselhoff? Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff. Yeah, like, there's there's so much there. It's, it's, it's. But he does such a good job. Like as a villain, he's great. Like he's a little theatrical, I think, mm-hmm. in in like a stone cold, like evil way. But I think that's kind of what the movie needed a little bit. And I, you know, even when he's telling him like, "Hey, I, I, take him out," but I'll be disqualified out of commission. It's, it's yeah. he so um, good. he belongs. He is he he would be perfect. Like you could just take this character and move him into 
a Steven Seagal movie in the late 80s, oh, and yeah, it yeah. would work fine. Like, he is totally playing in that 80s action villain wheelhouse. And, 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 but he also has, like, these really subtle... Like, the movie has a lot of, like, brilliant subtlety. And, like, one of the things for him is, like, when it, it, during the fight, when... So, I forget what it is. Someone does something... And they turn around to him, like one of his students, and he gives them just this like very slight like fist pump and this approving look, and the kid's just like, oh, yeah. And you can just see the relationship. Like all these students think this guy is like the freaking man. Yeah. Like he's, a, he's like a father figure. They just want to make sure that like he likes them and he thinks that they're awesome. They're trying to impress him. So like he just has such a grip on these kids. It's like a really it's like terrifying, scary, sad like like villain in person. And the fact that this guy is basically his, like this is his life. He, he gets his thrills and his I guess his his sense of meaning from being like a really tough guy to these kids and teaching them how to kill people or not kill them but you know what I mean like that's his thing like I go to a gym and I have a bunch of 15 year olds think I'm awesome like yeah go me well, <laughs> well he's also he kind of is what's starting the stereotype of the white American karate instructor like I feel like kind of goes throughout pop culture and Napoleon kind of hit- Dynamite but it, but it, yeah, exactly, and it, exactly the Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite farce, and then also uh, there's a movie that starred Danny McBride. Um, shoot, I gotta think of the name of this movie. Directed by uh, Jody Hill, God, uh, the, the Foot Fist, the Foot Fist, Fist Way. way yeah. uh, that's what I'm thinking of. Um, that that movie I don't think can exist if there's no Karate Kid because it's playing up on that idea, like middle American white dude who's teaching a Japanese art, which is, I think, very interesting. You know, so I'm, I'm just, yeah. I briefly looked this up. Uh, I quickly just looked this up right now. I said, I'm curious, if you just Google John Kreese, which is the character's name, I, I remember something about him being in the army, and I guess he was. He was, uh, according to uh, Wikipedia uh, or, or villains.wikipedia.com, <laughs> he was a, he was part, he was a special forces uh, guy in the Vietnam War. In real life or in the movie? No, 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 no. In the movie. In the movie. Because there were, like I said, there were sequels, and I think he doesn't, he appears briefly in the second one, and then he appears as a... a well, he's a, got the... He's got a, he's got a major, he's, he's, a, he's a fairly major character, I think, in the third one. Uh, he, he wants revenge, I think, in the third one, which is uh, stupid, I mean, he, silly. That's like, it's like, come on, yeah, yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, well, I, They have I, a picture I, of him I, in, in, his, in his dojo of him in the military, so you know that like, oh, he okay. has that kind of background. Yeah. Right, okay, well, there you go. Well, the um, one thing I do want to dig- talk about a little bit, and I want to talk about: is there something that's, is there something that's culturally insensitive or filling into a stereotype of making Mr. Miyagi the stereotypical wise old Asian man? Uh, wasn't he like the first though? Like, not, I, no, I, no, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> oh, okay. I think yeah, absolutely, you can make that case. And if you do, shut the hell up. Like, come on. <laughs> if you like, you have any issue with Mr. Miyagi, that's on you because he is an awesome character. Like, he, like, how, how can you be offended by anything that he does? Like, I think I think that's the thing. Is I think if you look at it in the sense of through the lens of it's actually really racist that he's trying to catch flies with chopsticks and like it's like you you just like come on. Well, here's here's it's, my it's... Qu- here's my question of Mr. Miyagi. Why his wife died in the 40s during the war, right? Mm-hmm. And this is 40 years later. So why has he not moved on? In, Ever heard in, of a thing called freaking depression, Dave? I mean, yeah. come on. He he lost his wife and his son. Uh, while well, he was he, off at a he, war, well, he never... so the war probably screwed him up. Right. He lost, or sorry, not son, right? Child. We don't know what it is. Um, wife and 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 baby. Right. And he was in. He probably fought in the war. It probably screwed the guy up, and he just it went into his dark hole, and that's it. And what's interesting, <laughs> actually, because I want to talk about this because this is, I think, one of the the the. He doesn't seem so. He doesn't seem like he was really in a dark hole. He had this beautiful garden. He restored no, cars. No, he didn't. I don't think he did. Did he? Because he would... he restored cars. He. Uh... You know, he seemed to be pretty content building a bon- uh, making little bonsai trees. He seemed no, to be a, a relatively the, the thing. happy. But is guy. it okay? But I mean, you could play this devil's advocate argument that isn't it really racist that his hobby is like? Isn't it so stereotypical that his hobby is doing bonsai trees? Like, there's like yeah, it'd be the equivalent of coming to my house. There's klezmer music like, always on. You know, like it's like that. <laughs> Yeah, but like if you met my grandparents or my great grandparents rather, like they didn't speak any English. All they did was was pasta sauce. Like they they had their 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 stereotypical Italian traits, and that was it. You know, I I think yeah, it's racist if you want, but other and it's also realistic. Like that's that could be a very real character. In fact, I think the fact that he restores cars is a little bit unstereotypical, and I think that's really awesome. I mean, Pat Morita himself was of Japanese heritage. Is that is that right? Yes, I mean, I think so he I'm, is Japanese. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So you know, yeah. I I doubt he would. You know, it wasn't like they had a white guy playing 
Mr. Miyagi, you know. Right. So I think there, there's because I, I, I think for me this doesn't come off as it doesn't belittle the culture. I think it celebrates the culture. I, like that's I a think, good way to put like it. he even says like, or, "What was your father? He was a fisherman. Well, he also taught you karate. It's like everything in Japan was karate and fish, fishing. Right. Like that's I, you could be offended by that, but I'm like that, that could very well be accurate, and it could yeah, be maybe, like, that's part maybe, of what that 20s, culture was in the 20s and 30s. Sure, I mean they weren't like yeah. using they weren't using iPads or anything. I, I guess it's it, it's a slippery slope because is it is it stereotypical that I enjoy a bagel with locks? Probably, but I enjoy a bagel with locks. So what do you want me to Dude, do? Dude, when I have pasta sun- sauce on Sunday, I, I love that. I, I think this is the thing. I think things become racist when it becomes when it makes it when it's mocking it when it when it's making something look silly or cheap or anything like that. I think that's when you, people have a right to be offended. And I don't think at any point in this movie do I feel that way about about Japanese culture or anything. I think you, I have a, a, a bigger respect for it. I think there's more like. Like I said, it's a celebration of it. There's nothing about this is disrespectful, at least that I saw. Well, I think you could also make the argument that it would be stereotypical if Miyagi's only trait was that he was the guy, the Japanese guy that did bonsai trees. But he's such a fleshed out character that it's hard. It's he's so 3D that it doesn't feel uh, it doesn't feel racist to me. You know? Yeah. So he, I mean, he fought for the for United States. Like he was right. I I didn't get that wrong. Yeah, he fought for the United States. But even if he hadn't, even if he was a Japanese soldier, I mean, it still would have made him. You know, he that still gives him some uh, depth and history. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, but the fact that, like, you know, think about the situation. He comes over as, like, I'm assuming, as an immigrant, and then fights in the war for the country that he is just recently. And in doing so, like during that, his wife is interned, and then she dies. Like, yeah. man, that's rough. Yeah. That's rough. Well, yeah, hey, and, yeah. There, and there were there were Japanese Americans that you know had been in America for you know you know decades went before world war ii started but then were interned and you know right. had nothing to do with it. it's very interesting uh about america and how you can't make that um uh, assumption about somebody but i think the it would have been it would have been crazy bold it would have been crazy bold if you would have made miyagi a japanese soldier not an american one mm-hmm. because i think that that takes like that's like a big ask for your white bread american yes. audience to then yes. sympathize, it'd be the equivalent of making him a German soldier, a Nazi. Like you can't, you can't do that, right? Like that has a whole right. other layer well, to this movie that you I, don't want to add. Well, and especially in the '80s, like there's no way that flies in the '80s. In no universe are they going to be like, oh, that's okay, he killed a bunch of Americans, but he's a good no, guy. Like that exactly. does not yeah, happen. And the, the '80s is the time of Reagan and jingoistic Americana, and we're still very much in the Cold War at that point. Like it is. Like, that would have been such a bold move. <laughs> yeah. It would have been a bad. It would have been a bad. Move. That would have been. It would have been. You know what it would have been? It would have been that thing that like the movie's cool. But you ever notice that he's like a Japanese soldier? Like everyone kind of glosses <laughs> over that. That's kind of weird, right? That is weird. Yeah. Like, it would have. It would have been quite jarring if that was actually you know, like, the case. Well, I don't know. But hang on. So, so I, I, they, they we weren't like it. SS officers or anything. I mean, there were German and Japanese soldiers that were just doing their job, just like any. Well, you would argue sure, that every right. Nazi was just doing their job. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess. Right. Sorry. I, I, yeah. Anyway, so hang on. Before we before we get off topic, I, I do want to address because you said Dave that he doesn't seem too depressed. He has this great bonsai guard and he, re- he restores cars. I don't know if that's the case because I think when you think about what. So what I really like about the movie is. It's it, you're tricked into thinking the movie's about Daniel and his his fight with the Cobra Kai and with Johnny. It's really just like Jaws is not really a movie about a shark as much as it's about a man finding his masculinity and his like relationship with his son. This is a lot about it's about Mr. Miyagi getting the son or the child that he never had. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's the restoration of his own life because I don't know. I mean, first of all, uh, Daniel basically repaints and gives his whole yard a facelift right <laughs> as far as it, and waxes and cleans all the cars so like in some way i think before he meets daniel i think everything was kind of running get, going to seed like everything in his in his yard was probably crappy i think and that, then he has yeah. now granted it's slave labor it's child slave labor but i think <laughs> that's correct <laughs> there's something beautiful hey, about the fact that he's basically <laughs> like he is restoring mr miyagi's life just as he is imparting knowledge to daniel oh i, and I agree daniel has no father like yeah and i i don't there's a scene where he when he first walks into his backyard and sees all like the garden and the bonsai trees and all that stuff he's like wow you got like a whole thing going back here it's really nice i like this you got like a little garden or whatever the hell he says <laughs> i don't know if that like I, I part of me thought like wait wasn't that there yesterday did he just did he just never go in the backyard or did all of a sudden these things just spring up well his house is not he has a workshop at the apartment complex and his house is in a different location right 
That, yeah, that's yeah, the geography yeah. of it, right? I think so. Yeah, because even says when he when he goes across the train tracks, he's like, "What are you working like an oil like an oil company too? Like, what, <laughs> where the hell are we? We're in a refinery for God's sake." So like, <laughs> he's just a, a handyman at like, an apartment complex. Yeah. How does he have all the space? But you know, especially in, especially yeah, in no, LA. So I, I think it's I think it's really beautiful because you have that story of Mr. Miyagi, and again, it's, he, he's more than just the wise teacher. Or even like you know the next level of the fact that like oh this is his wise teacher and this is his backstory he's a real person see guys it's, he's a real person it's the story of him getting a son and having someone to pass down his like his, you know the, the the image that he grow um, sews on the back of his gi yeah. uh, the karate uniform he's passing that down he gives him his headband like so many things that he, his first car like think of all the stuff that he does that's all like very much the father role oh yeah there's definitely a father son bond that happens in this movie yeah sure. and, and, and it's cool because Daniel doesn't have a father but they never actually even they never even deal with that they which never is even nice. address it doesn't that, matter I, but I thought don't you think it was kind of interesting that they never been like oh and when your father left us when he was you know like they. Ne- I think it's very yeah I'm, I was waiting for it and it didn't happen I'm like that's nice like yeah. you know, it's just I don't know it's just it's not cliche to do and I think what's interesting is I think one line the whole movie says everything when he talks about his father and he says my father taught me this and he also taught me karate he's like wow your father really must have been something there's a certain wistfulness with the way he says that I'm like oh yeah he's kind of sad that he doesn't have a dad and that's all they needed from me that's all they needed I'm like I get it yeah. I get it no I agree I think it's really great and it's kind of interesting that the movie chooses to be really subtle about that character stuff but then has like a character like Johnny and uh, Crease, which are like the most broad like mm. unsubtle like <laughs> yeah. characters right so it, sometimes it makes me wonder like was it by accident like was certain, some of these things just like happy accidents that just happened to be that you know because the same decision to be subtle doesn't <laughs> doesn't go across the whole movie. Or was it one of those things where it's written a certain way and then the studio execs get in there and they're like, nah, we need like a big tough guy for the bad guy here. We need someone to come in here. We need a, a viper villain kind of, you know, like. No, I mean, I, I think they were just playing off the, the sports form. Like there's, there's kind of a formula to sports. Uh, movies in general, which I think this could probably fall under that that category. Yeah, there's always a big there's a big challenge at the end, right. a big fight at the end, and the training montage or training to get up. But, to but I mean, I, I mean, as far you can still do that, but do all that stuff in a, in a little more subtle way than having you know Mister Broad Jawed '80s hairdo military <laughs> ex ex uh, ex military Cobra Kai. Like, come on, there's so much of that. Mercy for like, the week. Right, <laughs> right. The week. No, I mean, I, I do think it's interesting that the villains are so. Um, the villains are so, um, like, Cartoon, cartoony. Cartoonish. Cartoony, yeah, but they're, they're like cartoony, but we're saying that because, they, you know, the movie doesn't really uh, go into their world very much. It's, it's just from Daniel's perspective. And so if he sees, you know, these uh, this guy as a larger-than-life uh, villain, I mean, that's how the movie is portraying him. Right. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't really hold that against the movie itself. I mean, I think it would be interesting when we were talking about perspective before, how if you were to show this from Johnny's perspective, I mean... We don't know where he comes from. I mean, maybe he's got like uh, an abusive dad or no dad, or you know, maybe his mother is like a coke addict or something. And who knows what his story is? You <laughs> I know? will say, well, it's the eighties, and she has like a, a well-paying job, or she will be. So it's that's. I'm pretty sure she's having a coke lunch when he was. I, I do appreciate. At the I do her. appreciate something the movie does at the end with well, Johnny. Yes, I agree. I was going to say what you were going to say that, which yeah. is where the, you know, and a lot of these types of movies, they, they wouldn't they would show the uh, the villain kind of gloating and sneering at the end. But the, but they have Johnny like hand him the trophy and say good job in tears in tears which is yeah. a little bit of a callback to Rocky you know which also kind of happens you know uh, you know so the, it spoilers for Rocky I mean Rocky <laughs> loses but Creed kind of congratulates him and says like Son you know great I, I forget exactly Dave. what he says. He says something like, um, "We can go for a rematch." It ain't, gonna, ain't gonna be no rematch, right? There ain't gonna be no rematch, right? And which is essentially his way of saying, "Like, good job." You know, we respect each other now, which would make the sequels kind of silly. Um, anyway, and I think that Johnny does the same thing in this movie, <laughs> which gives his character a little more depth than it probably would have had otherwise. But it's the kind of it's almost kind of a blink in your and you'll miss it type of thing that happens I mean yeah it's very easy to miss that absolutely well that's what's so interesting about the way the movie is directed and why I don't think it gives a shit about the karate fight sequences is the moment when he decides to do the crane kick it happens so quickly there's like very mm-hmm. little like in a, a different kind of movie that would have been a really drawn out like slow motion it would have yeah. been slow motion when he like did the kick and getting into the stance and there would have been music like, would have swelled exa- and, and it doesn't yeah, everything goes to slow motion well, the whole yeah, sequence breathing. it happens relatively fast I mean I, it happens super quick almost that if you blink you're gonna miss Johnny losing and to the almost to the point where I don't understand how the rules of the fight sequence works because if you're watching that fight Johnny clearly wins like it's, he definitely feels like, like yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I don't understand why they were counting certain points. They weren't counting so certain the, points, but were counting yeah, others. I think, I think so. 
so uh, my time competing nationally in the karate championships. God, this really um, is your story. Basically, like, uh, this is great. <laughs> no, like, you're, it really I'm is. I'm sorry, you were actually in karate championships? Yeah, I went to a couple national. Wow, uh, a couple national nice. things like in Ohio, and I fought. Oh my god! One year I fought against this dude who I swear to God was like chewing nails before he came to the match. Like he had beady eyes and was bald, and punched me in the ribs at one point. I thought I heard him break. Holy so, moly! Yeah, it was. I thought you you just went and like took karate classes. I didn't know you competed. Yeah, but it's like, it, yeah, I mean, there's two types of competition. There's like the fighting competition, and then there's like the form competition, like the katas, where it's all about like how cleanly and precisely you can do all the moves in a memorized set and pattern and all that kind of stuff um but yeah yeah well, i did i did a couple um, two like. two national things well i mean i haven't fought in years so who knows if, if you jump me on the street now i don't know how well i could do so <laughs> we'll, better than we'll uh, the two of us probably yeah i, would oh, just, I haven't also uh, took karate i mean i haven't took a couple classes don't count him out i think but. i took three because i was really into the teenage mutant ninja turtles and then oh, okay. i gave up after the free <laughs> trial i just wanted i just wanted the free gi they gave you when you signed up mm. so i could run around and oh that. yours is free yeah Huh. Yeah. Well, anyway, so so I to, to get back, there um, certain points it has to be like a clean hit to the body or to the head, I think. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple spots where I think Johnny gets. It seems like Johnny would get a point for like hitting him in like the side of the leg or the ankle or whatever. But like you can use your arms and legs for blocking, so those don't count for hits. So you have to get something in, like in the side, the front. Um, I don't even think you can do back. I think it's like head, front, and like sides. So one of the big things in the movie that happens at the end is when when uh, Crease tells. Johnny to sweep the leg, right? Sweep the leg. So what? What exactly? Is, <laughs> so I see what he does, and I've always, you know, obviously I've seen this movie a bunch of times. What exactly is so? What is he just so injuring I, I think, his injured leg? Is that what he's referring to? I think so, and I, I think so. If if I'm understanding that correctly, it's actually a very interesting point, and I don't think they, I don't think they really highlighted it enough. I think Johnny needs a line there just to make it a little bit more clear. I'm going to sweep but your it leg. Seems like, like I think I feel like Johnny is actually fighting him fairly. And he's not going after his injured leg, and he's just kind of going for like normal, just like regular fighting. And, and then his his teacher is like, sweep his leg out because he's basically standing only on one because the other one is so injured. So just go for, because he can't put his weight on the other leg. So the only leg he has is the one that he's like limping on. So if you take that out, he's gonna fall on his ass every time. So keep doing that. And it's like a dirty tactic, but it's technically fair. Like you can do that. You know what I mean? But it's a, it's a crappy strategy. And I think Johnny. See what's interesting now is Johnny is here and he wants to win fairly because if he cheats he knows that like I didn't actually win like the two of these guys want to win this fight and they both want to win it fairly because they know that what's at stake and they both know you know that they want to be the best so him for him to the say best. like what if I, yeah Hooray! for him to sweep the leg is like but that's like cheap like I want I want to win like and I wanted him to say something like he doesn't but I feel like that's for me that's kind of how I read that whole thing yeah um, we should also talk that Alvidson is the master of both training montage and finding uh, pop songs to uh, <laughs> accompany said training montages. I think I read that this that the song I was just making fun of was uh, actually supposed to be for Rocky Three. It was, and they used Eye of the Tiger instead. Yeah, because Stallone didn't like Ooh. You're the Best. Yeah, but they, <laughs> I, I think that, uh, yeah, it's just... No, I do something like, you know, tiger-like. <laughs> you know, like I'm like a tiger. <laughs> like I'm a tiger. I am the tiger. <laughs> I, I just think that The Karate Kids is one of those movies where um, you're just kind of sucked into the characters. There's all these little moments that I just freaking love in this movie. Like yeah. little details. And it's the same thing with Rocky, which is why I love Rocky so much. But like right. One of my favorite moments in Rocky is when he goes back to his apartment for the first time. And yes, he, and he's walking on the street. Well, I like that scene. But, like, <laughs> but when he gets to his apartment, he opens up his oh. fridge like to grab a beer mm-hmm. And it's empty. Like, yeah, he tries to drink there. it, and it's nothing there. And, like, mm-hmm. that's just such a great little moment. And this movie does, like, a lot of little things like that, too. Like, I love the bit. I love the bit that their car can't start because the battery's dead. So they yep. have to push it. <laughs> yeah. They have to push it into second gear before they can start it. And I love that they set that up very early in the movie, and then it pays off at the date, which is, like, the most embarrassing oh. time for that to happen. Because not only is his mom driving them to the date, their car <laughs> won't start in front of their rich house. And she's literally pushing it and jumping into it. Like, I just love the... the I, and they're, they're, like, hollering, and she's like, yeah, woohoo! That's something oh, I appreciated about that scene in this movie, in this character in general, uh, 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 Daniel, is that he doesn't act embarrassed you know, he doesn't act like he's ashamed of his mother or ashamed that his mother is driving him at all, right? right? I think, yeah. I can... No, he just he just acts like he, he. I don't know, man. There's definitely a feeling of like, uh, like even there's when a they, resentment. When, when she for, sees for having moved when she sees her two friends in the car and they drive away, and how they both look like they feel shitty because it's like 
oh, I could be with those people in their fancy cars. And he's like, yeah, she should be with those people in the fancy cars. Like, but, uh, but, to, but the date not, goes south pretty quick. But I think that. what Dave is trying to say in a lesser movie, there would have, or a different movie, there would have been a whole subplot where he was pretending to be rich to Maybe. her. And that, oh, like, you know, he had, and then she would have found out that he was lying about not being rich. And I love you for who you are. Like, that, that, that's never really a thing. It's not, that's not what the movie does. And I'm really glad it doesn't. Like, yeah. he's, um, I also think that there is something inherently empathetic about somebody who just watching people that are down on their luck and inspiring about like, it's like the Ameri- it's the Horatio Alger American dream thing, right? Like it's like even, even people that are in the lower class have opportunities and can get the things that they want. And it's the underdog story mentality. And I just all, I love underdog stories and they'd always really appeal to me. And this is kind of fits perfectly in that mold. Are there other big, successful underdog movies that are like critically acclaimed right like rocky i'm trying to think of other movies that fit. i i can't um, I <laughs> the top of my head if only we had a way to look this up the best was, underdog movies yeah, uh, i'm gonna actually google this right now <laughs> any any final thoughts you guys have about the karate kid why i google on the podcast well i just want to express some appreciation for the actual final oh, rudy, moment of the rudy, movie rudy's like the ultimate oh underdog. yeah of course rudy fantastic uh, uh, yeah. uh you know at least as far as the underdog story is concerned um we should do that movie sometime, actually. We did Hoosiers. We should do Rudy sometime. Isn't Rudy like eight hours long, though? Uh, uh, hmm. Well, not the version I saw. <laughs> uh, no, it I, is long, but it's not uh, that I'm actually long. looking at... I apparently, I apparently love every underdog movie. I'm looking at all these, and I love every one of these movies. Okay. Like, uh, I love The Mighty Ducks. There's a movie called Underdog. I love Hoosiers. I love Cinderella Man. <laughs> I love Cool Runnings. I love... Um, Miracle. Eight Mile. Uh, yeah, these are all movies that really, really dig. I just like underdog movies. If you give me a guy who's going up against the odds, I'm in. So, there is, anyway. uh, there <laughs> is a, like I said, there is a movie called Underdog about a dog. I don't want to watch that watch. Dave, <laughs> Sorry. Not, not the right genre. <laughs> Let's just beat that dead horse of a joke. Um, some appreciation for the final actual moment of the movie, which obviously echoes Rocky's final moment where he, he they, win, they win the fight. Almost exactly. Almost, Almost exactly. Almost exactly. Yeah. But the buildup... <laughs> That that those that last few minutes really works. I mean, the crescendo of music, uh, the way Crease uh, yells "finish him," uh, like like the it's a and it's just a very convincing performance by Ralph Macchio. You know, you feel his desperation, his his like his. You can feel the anger on John, on Johnny. I mean, you could you could. It's just a very potent scene that that last minute or two, and uh, it really. Even the music, even the music doesn't doesn't feel quite as dated in that moment. I feel like it really works. Um, so I, you know, I think that's got to be a part of why this movie was as popular as it was. It just uh, it builds up to this very emotional, satisfying moment, and uh, I, you know, no, it's the kind of it's the kind of moment that you can uh, you, you can, can see am- where they could go wrong with it, right? They could cut to another scene. They could they could, they could cut to. Um, you know, Karate Kid Part Two starts, starts, the end, yeah. starts at the end of that movie, and they they go out to the parking lot, and like Crease is beating up Johnny, and then Mr. Miyagi like grabs Crease and says, you know, you know, obviously gets to the upper hand and says, "Mercy is for the weak," and he could kill him and everything. You could see that in a, in a, in a worse movie, and, and you know, our, that could be the end of the movie. You know, and then Daniel and and, and uh, Mr. Miyagi walk away or something. Um, but you know, I feel like this movie ends right when it should. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I totally agree. And I think that um, it's the kind of moment that you can imagine people in the theater like cheering at. Sure. Like, and, and the closest thing I've had recently to that happening is that happened for me in Creed. Uh, people were literally cheering in that movie when you first hear the Rocky theme and the sure. end fight and he gets back up. It's yeah. just there. It's it's what it's like the visceral. Like, I, I won't argue that it's complex filmmaking, but it's really effective filmmaking. And it's really it just really grabs you in the right way and it's just why this movie I think still works so yeah awesome yeah I mean, you, I mean I, it's, I, it's hard to remember exactly what the audience was like when I was a kid I think I remember uh, the second one better <laughs> in theaters that's the one where he goes to Okinawa and uh, that one's you know they got progressively worse I would say the credit kid is very good <laughs> credit kid 2 is so-so and credit kid 3 is pretty bad <laughs> and I've never seen the uh, Hillary Swank one but I can only imagine that one it's not good not that great uh, but I remember watching it and I remember there was a hawk involved for nothing some against reason. Hillary Swank yeah I mean there was a hawk 
Yeah, involved. she has a pet hawk. I oh. remember there's a pet like falcon or hawk. I, I maybe I'm remembering the wrong. Yikes! Movie. But anyway, not everything needs to be a franchise. Is what we're you know we're trying to say. Yeah, but Rocky two and three I think are pretty good. I would argue no. that Rocky two and three are good. They're they're good in cheesy ways, but they're no, not, they're, they're not though. There's so good moments. Rocky four is very cheesy. Yeah. Rocky five is unwatchable. Rocky Balboa pretty great. Creed. A masterpiece. Yeah. So well. it's it, it's kind of it's like a you it's, get close to that. Uh, so you know it's it, you know maybe there will be a, a Karate Kid soon where Ralph Ralph Macchio is training a young Japanese boy. And uh, no opinions on the 2010 remake. I haven't seen it, guys. Yeah. Should I check it out? You think it's worth checking out? Well, I'd say it's only worth checking out if you're, uh, uh, you know, if it, I don't know. There's if really... I hate Jaden Smith, <laughs> is that going to affect my enjoyment of the movie? He's love his tweets. Though. Yeah, his tweets you won't like amazing. it. He's the star of the movie, so. You won't want to see it. Do they ever explain why it's called the Karate Kid, but he's teaching him kung fu? Uh, no, I guess not. Because why kung- don't they just call it the kung cash fu? Cash grab, exactly. Maybe. Why or not call it the grab. kung fu kid? Also, is there a is there a uh, tournament he, at the end of the movie? Uh, yeah, okay. and I, I don't think his name's actually Mr. Miyagi in the movie. I think it's oh, let's look. Uh, it's something else. <laughs> you gotta admit though, Jackie Chan's pretty great casting. Definitely, it's just not as a not as a Japanese guy. Oh, you could see this studio executive saying like, "The Karate Kid needs a remake. It's been long enough. Who do we get? Jackie Chan? Oh yeah, Jackie Chan's great. He'll do his own stunts. He won't. You know, Pat Morita had a stunt double. He didn't actually do the karate. No, <laughs> but no. he was not Jackie doing. Jackie Chan the... obviously is going to do his own. He, would, he wasn't doing the crane kick. Right. Uh, I have to check this out. Oh my god, the movie's two hours and twenty minutes long. I don't have that much time. Uh, the, the remake. The remake is two oh, hours right. and twenty wow. minutes long. Under forty minutes. Jeez. No, you don't. Doesn't need to be that long. Anyway, uh, what 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 movie are we doing on the next podcast, Dave? Uh, it's my choice, right? And so we were going to do. Uh, we have a new Luc Besson movie coming out. Luc Besson. Luc Besson. Uh, so we, I think, we're in, the Fifth Element feels like the right one to do. Um, should should we start on the first element, maybe? We or no, no, no. no. This so one straight to the, the rare. Fifth. It's just like so. Are we going to watch any, like one, fast the, five? This is one through rare four. We're just going straight to five. We're going yeah, straight, we're going to, straight the fifth. to five. Yeah. This is the rare occasion when number five is is the best. Wait, uh, um, Mike, have you seen the fifth element? No, but I feel like I have because I saw you. You showed me the clip of uh, is it Chris Tucker signing autographs with yes, paint, like a paintbrush? Oh or man, something? I forgot you about that. Have some oh, whi- you may want to have some whiskey on hand when you're watching. This you know movie. what? I think I really. It's funny. I think I don't want to spoil the podcast. I think I really love the Fifth Element. I love that scene where he signs. <laughs> I'm just laughing. I remember watching that, that and being like, "That's what this movie is." I thought it was like a serious sci-fi. I thought movie. you were going to talk about the no. give me give me the cash scene, which is like the most iconic for me. But anyway. I, I would will. say I would call it a heartfelt comical sci-fi movie. <laughs> heartfelt comical sci-fi. That's interesting. Yeah, we're going to be doing that uh, movie. Um, Dave, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, on Twitter, Dave Glanz, G-L-A-N-Z, and DaveGlanzProductions.com. Mike, where can people find you? I don't know. <laughs> oh, like on the internet? Yeah. Oh, that's easy. I mean, I can tell you that. Is I just, you know, the rest, I don't know, privacy and all that. Um, and on Twitter, at Mike Mirandi and I would be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to my old karate schools and I've talked so much about yes. them Legend Shotokan Karate and Staten Island New York go check them out and give them all your money they're great nice I had my own, I, I actually had my own Mr. Miyagi like he was this old guy with like long gray hair this and mustache so your, and he was amazing it is crazy that we just watched your autobiography <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing to me <laughs> Um, awesome. You can find me at Lucky9Studios.com. I write and edit for a website called ShorterTheWeek.com. If you want to uh, review this uh, podcast on iTunes, that would be much appreciated. Um, and you can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash ReviewPodcast uh, as well. Uh, so I guess until next time, we will be discussing The Fifth Element. Yes. Cool. Finish him! Sweet the leg. The whole thing is, you know, it's... Oh, are you guys still there? <laughs> nope. No, you're not.